God bless you. It's lovely to be with you. Thank you, Andre and Sonica, for inviting us. And we, we really enjoy your company. It's nice to get to know you guys a little bit better. Yeah. We're going to talk about who is leading your life. Who is leading your life? There we go. So you might want to think a little bit about that, and you're going to say to yourself, well, I'm leading my life. I am, I am, it's my own destiny. Uh, yeah, it, it's true. But actually, we're going we're to go a little bit deeper to see who is actually leading your life. And I hope that you're going to be surprised, and I hope that you're going to be in that place afterwards that you'll have a bit of an idea of which, which part of you is leading. Now, you know, when we look at the, the fallen nature of man, we, we know that uh, we've all been damaged somewhere along the line. Who's never been damaged in any way? You can put your hand up if you want to. We'd like to see Jesus again. But he's not yet tonight. I mean, he is here, but in spirit, not in body. <laughs> so we all need healing. If you look at your family, if you look at the friends around you, look at the people in the church, we all need leading, healing. And, you know, it's like uh, if you look at the, in the church, we need healing, but outside the church, the healing out there is much, much deeper and broader uh, than, than what's in the church. And in the church, it's already deep. And we, we do need a lot of, a lot of healing. So uh, we need healing in our bodies, and we need, uh, we need physical healing. Uh, we need healing from depression. I, I, can, I just can't um, uh, fathom why there is just so much cancer around in the church. You know, God hasn't given us the key to that healing of the cancers yet of, of the body. But that's another story. And so we look at the church and we see uh, the church is struggling some in, in the healing issues. And we've got emotional hurts. We've got not only physical stuff, it's emotional. It is, uh, it's deep down within. And, uh, and so when we look at the fallen nature of man, we actually start to get a better idea of why we are suffering as we, as we are doing. Because we do have an enemy of our souls. And his, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And just because you know Jesus, it doesn't mean to say he's going to, he's going to stop. And as Andre prayed a little bit earlier, when we give him rights, and how do we give him rights? Through that disobedience when we are not picking up the, the, uh, the, uh, the instruction from the Lord Jesus and, and the Word of God, we give rights. And so, how did God create us? He created us in this body. God came down to earth. He went into the, to the ground and He put some ground together like, a, like we would build a snowman, but he, he used ground. The Americans call it dirt. And He put us together and, uh, and then He put a, this computer on these, this lovely shelf which we call the shoulders. We've got this computer here, which we call the soul area. And then God, Eve was, uh, Adam was still standing like this. And God came and he blew the breath of life into him. And he became alive. Is that correct? So the way that God created us is the spirit and the soul and the body. And I, the man at the back there is not watching. <laughs> So we are created spirit, soul, body. And in Thessalonians chapter 5, 
we, Paul gives us an idea of how we are made up. And he says here, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to think of this about, he's talking to Christians here, and he's saying that your, your whole spirit, the whole of us, this, all of us, the spirit and the soul and the body needs to be kept blameless. Now, he's not saying it, but he's implying that in all three areas we can be damaged. Is that correct? He's talking to Christians, spiritful Christians. We can be damaged in our spirit. A lot, of, a lot of theologians will argue, yeah, but when you're born again, my spirit is made new, and I'm a new creature, and we are. But we can still be damaged. And you just have to look around you. Look what's happening in, in the, into the spiritful guys around. Uh, you, we will see that we've got some spiritful tongue-talking, hallelujah, hand-raising Christians that are really struggling deep, deep down inside. Now, I would like to look at the spelling here, because in, in, in our, when we're looking at the, the word spirit, when we have a capital S, it means God's spirit. When we have a human spirit, or when he's speaking about uh, an evil spirit, it's a small case, uh, or lowercase rather, a lowercase, and so we have the two spirits. We have to distinguish which spirit is he talking about. So just as much as we have a, a triunion God, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have a triunion man in spirit, soul, and body. We've got three parts to us, just like, and you cannot sort of separate those three. And so it's really much like having a motor car. You might have a motor, you have a motor car that's got a, a three parts to it. Let's just take those three parts, like the, the mechanical part, the electrical part, and the fuel system. If one of those parts are damaged, it's going to affect the whole car. And so it is with our body. When, if we are damaged in our body or our soul or our spirit, it's going to affect who we are and how we operate. And so we, when we are looking at healing, we are looking at the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. So when we are counseling people, we counsel spirit, soul, and body. Now that's what the world cannot do. You can go to psychiatrists, you can psychologists, they do a good job. But actually, they cannot, unless the person is a Christian and knows how, he cannot touch the spirit. And we, we see that when we, when we pray for people in the spirit, in the spirit, the human spirit, how God changes them from the inside out because healing comes from deep down where no pull can, can touch. So I wonder if you can come here, Andre. Just I'd like to. Now, in the beginning, when God created, we have, if you can put a hand up there like that, yes? So, yeah, and then we, and then who was, who was, uh, who was on earth? Who was on earth before man? Satan. He was banished to the, to the earth. Okay, so we have Satan here, but God came and he created mankind right here. Isn't that good? So we had direct access. Adam and Eve had direct access to, to God here. But then God gave them a free will to say, listen, yeah, do not eat from that tree. That means you can eat from it, but don't, because it's going to be bad for you. Yeah, and Satan came and he heard this, and he said, oh, listen, we're going to, I'm going to catch these guys out. So he goes to Eve, and he says, you know, did God really say so? So you know the whole story. Eventually, 
Eve ate, nothing happened, but when Adam ate, what happened then? Then we were no longer in this position. We, we came into this position. So Satan is the prince of this world. Even today, he is the prince of this world. But then Jesus came, and those who receive him as Lord and are serving him, he brings us back into this position. Okay? So positionally, we are here if you are born again by the Spirit of God. If you are not born again, you are still here, and Satan is still your boss. But when we are here, Satan still wants to get us, and he wants to bring us to this place where we become obedient to him rather than obedient to God. Okay, so who is leading us? Thanks. Thank you. So it's important that we, we understand that, that, that principle. So what do we mean by healing? Healing, by, meeting, by healing we're saying we want to restore God's order as he created us. To get back into that place where, we, uh, where he made us actually perfect. So we're going to look quickly at the body. So the body is uh, the skin, the bones, the, uh, the muscles, the nerves. And a lot of the, 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 the body is self-healing. You cut yourself, uh, you can, you know, it heals by itself. You know, there's minor things, colds, flu, sometimes we, we, we always run to the doctor, we're getting antibiotics and stuff like that. But actually a lot of it can be self-healing. Things like blindness and deafness, maybe it's not self-healing. Maybe we need to have some sort of prayer or some, some intervention in, in that part of us. Uh, and then also uh, we have uh, our own sort of defense mechanisms as well. And so we, we, we protect the body. And those defense mechanisms can become ungodly many, at many times, but that's not for tonight. If a person is happy on the inside, how do you know the person's happy on the inside? You can see it on the face. If the person is sad on the inside, you still see it in the face because the face reflects what's happening inside. So look at your person next to you. Just look to see what's happening inside. <laughs> because some of you are really pan face, and it just tells me that you are just not with us. <laughs> so if we have a sad person inside, then, then we, are, we, we can see it immediately. That's why you can see, you know, Bill and I walk around and we, and we, and we watch people and just, just watch their body language sometimes and you can just see the sadness and the pain that come from within. Hmm? Italy. Yeah, yeah, we went to Italy. And, and there the, the woman, when the husband dies and they dress in black and they, they, they stay in, in this depression black dress for, for years and years and eventually they're back bends over with its heaviness because it's all happening the inside. There's no healing from, that, from the death from the inside. And so, so one of our, we see one of our first steps to healing, or the first step to healing, is actually salvation. First step to healing is when we get saved. And one of the keys to healing otherwise is, is really forgiveness. Yeah, we've all got people that we need to forgive. We've all got people that we've, we have to say, I really, I struggle to forgive you. you. 
look what, you, look what you've done to me. I know it's difficult sometimes to forgive people for what they've done to us. But actually, God says, if you don't forgive others their sins, God not going to forgive you our sins. So it is important that we forgive people. You know, we, we were in Georgia, and I was preaching in, in, a, in a Sunday service in Georgia, and, uh, and we were sitting here just before the service doing the worship, and Beryl says to me, she got a word for me. Not for me, but for somebody here. So I said, what is that? She says, there's somebody here that needs flesh on their bones. Build this into your sermon. So I said, how do I build that into my sermon? There's somebody here that's got flesh, needs flesh on their bones. So uh, I turned to the pastor and I said, I told her what. So he grabs Beryl's hand, brings up in the station. She tells the story. And, uh, and anybody here with needs f- flesh on their bones? Missed it. Sorry. Anyway, I did my little pitch. Afterwards, a man comes to us and he walks, walks like this. So uh, we could see that he's he got obviously a problem with his, his legs. He says that he thinks that word is for him. So I said, well, why do you think so? He said, well, you know, when we were younger, I don't know if you, some of the older folks here can remember Gene Rockwell. You remember Gene Rockwell? Anybody here? There's one there. The, oh, you're not that old, but you remember him. He used to sing this thing, Heart. He, he was in a wheelchair. And he used to sing, Heart, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> and, um, but I think, I think he was a Christian, actually. And, and he said that him and his friends used to curse Gene Rockwell. And Gene Rockwell in the, in the, in, was in a wheelchair. And shortly after all this cursing, that he had a, a, a motor car accident. And ever since then, his, his legs, his one leg was a lot shorter. So he had a heel under his, his one shoe to try and keep it, but he was still hobbling like this. And he showed us his, his leg. Yeah, he's, he didn't have a calf. The calf was just about gone. And so it was, so yeah, it was the flesh <laughs> on the bones. It was actually amazing. So we got him to a place that says, listen, would you like to ask God to forgive you? And, and we said no. And we just spoke out. He spoke out forgiveness, and we, we broke the curses that, that, uh, that, he, had, that he had spoken over, over Gene Rockwell. I think those curses bounced back on him, actually, because they had no place to land on, on Gene himself. Anyway, and, and we prayed for him. You know, the next day, we were at the, at the mall in George, and we were walking out the mall, and yeah, him and his wife come, and he's got a whole bag of stuff. So I said, are you going shopping, or you, have you been shopping, because he's coming into the mall? So he said, no, I've got all my shoes here. He's taken this, 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 uh, the heel off. His leg had grown to, the, to that, and he was walking <laughs> like this. Because he'd been walking... His, when, when he used to walk a lot of barefoot, so he would walk on his toe. Out of habit, he still was walking on his toes. His wife said, well, why are you walking on your toe? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, he would, and that night, he spoke to his family out in New Zealand, and the in-laws were there, and he led the whole lot to the Lord and gave praise to God. Isn't that wonderful, eh? I tell you. You know, and there's a, I, I've got some lovely stories about that forgiveness, but I, I think we should just go on. I would like to just say to you, never, ever, ever, ever say to anybody, your sin 
No, your, sorry, your sickness is because of your sin. Never, ever say that to anybody. Because it's not always true. Their pain could be caused through somebody else's hurt. And they're hurting and they have pain inside. Not because of their own sin, but because of what other people have done to them. So be careful. Never, ever say those words to anybody. So we want to talk about the human spirit. That human spirit is that part of us that relates to God. John, uh, sorry, um, it is that part where, where, where God blew on us. And, and uh, Genesis 2 verse 7 speaks about that. And we've, we've covered that a little bit. But in John chapter 4 verse 24, uh, it says that God is spirit and his worshipers, worshipers, worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now look at the spelling there. God is spirit, capital S, and we must worship with our human spirit. God gave us it. When he blew it into, the, into, our, into our bodies, he gave us a human spirit. It's his spirit, but a, a human spirit. And the, so that spelling there is a, of a small s. Uh, and so the next one, we look at the, the body and the spirit. So now we've We've got the body, we've looked at that, now we've added the, the spirit, and so that part that, that, that connects to God, and so we, are, we relate to God through our spirit. We do not relate through our mind to God through our mind, and we do not relate to God through our bodies. We say, I feel that God is saying, rather say, I sense that God is saying, because actually you, we never know if it's really God until you really, really, really know that it's God, but to be safe. And so God created us and he gave us a spirit and, uh, and that spirit, when he, when he blew into us and, or when we, get, when we become born again, our spirit becomes alive to Christ. So we, we this, this born again uh, the, the, the phase itself, because our first birth is our physical birth, spirit, soul, body. Our second birth is that when you are born again, like in John chapter, chapter 3. So, uh, so uh, Jesus, uh, when he was a child, uh, in, in Luke 2, uh, verse 40, and the child grew and became strong. Now, it doesn't say in spirit like it does with John in the first scripture up there, uh, but, he, but it implies that he became strong in spirit as, as it was with John. So our spirit is that part of us that grows from inside and becomes strong. So we can, we can be 50 years old, we can be a brand new Christian, we are born again, we are a baby, our spirit is still weak. You know what? I think Donald Trump, with all his faults, I think he's a brand new Christian, and he's still making a lot of mistakes. But, <laughs> but I think something down inside of, us, inside of me is starting to grow, and I know this is controversial because a lot of you say, oh, oh, oh. but I, just watch the space. Can you pass us the ball there, please? We've got a beach ball here. There we go. Ah. Full of fun, eh? Yes. Thank you. So, this ball is like us. When we are alive to Christ, we're full of fun, isn't it? It's just, just nice to be alive. Are you happy to be alive today? 
we are happy after 50 years of marriage to the same lady. But, oh dear me, let's take this little thing out here. Ron, what did you do here? I didn't say push this belly button right to the other side. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Thank you, the border, border rugby player. Okay. This ball is good. What has got air? What is good? But actually, when our spirit is damaged, what happens then? Can, our, can we still be as effective? Oh. <laughs> it even sounds sick. <laughs> and that's how we are. We, we are not as bouncy. We, we are, there's something that's, that's missing inside, that's something that's damaged deep down inside. So, so our spirit can be damaged, and our spirit needs to get to that place where it grows again and becomes strong. And you see, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and still feel like this ball. We can speak in tongues and we can still feel like this ball. And so, what, what, do we, what does God want to do? And I spoke this morning, or just now, about let's start the day with God. You know, let's, let's start with a, with a day that's, that's going to be upbuilding in our spirit. I walked in here this morning, or this afternoon, and, and, and one lady was asking, excuse me, I'm just, I'm, I can't even know who you are. One said to the other, how are you doing? She says, oh, all right. She says, oh, is everything all right? She says, yeah, it's a long story. You know, we don't put ourselves into that place. We can have long stories, but don't let the enemy get you down. We say, yeah, I'm going to be strong inside. I'm going to have victory over my circumstance. And you see, it's a, actually, it's a mind's decision. We're going to look at the mind just now. It's a mind and a, and a decision of our will that the enemy is not going to put us down, never mind the circumstances. It's, it's not the things that you see. It's the things that are not seen that, that builds us up and say, Lord, I know that you've got bigger things for me. I've got, you've got greater things for me. And so we need to really trust in God with, with these things. In, in James, James chapter 2, verse 26, uh, it says that the body without the spirit is dead. If I took all the air out of this ball, it wouldn't even bounce. It'll just be a flat platana. It'll just lie on the couch or the floor. And it wouldn't be good for anything. Why? Because it doesn't have the spirit. So the body without the spirit is dead. Okay. So when Jesus died, he said, Father, I commit my spirit to you. Stephen said the same thing while they were stoning him. Lord, I commit my spirit to you. It just shows us that when we die, if you are a born-again Christian, our spirit goes to him. That's why at funerals we, see, we say, Lord, we commit his spirit to you. And John, John 3.16, we all know that uh, it says that uh, if, you, if you really believe, you will have everlasting life. If you, if you really believe. And so we need to live life like we believe. 
Because we do believe. You can't live like, you can't pretend to, to live life and believe. It's got to be something that's deep down inside. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. So this is a key to what we're going to be talking about tonight. Those who are led by the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm sure if this guy is going to be led by the Spirit very effectively. We need to be alive to Christ. We need to say, Lord Jesus, please, show me the way. Lord, what have you got for me? People have been talking to us for years about gain on pension. What for? <laughs> to sit at home and do what? To become like that ball? No ways, thank you. You can when you're old. But I pray that you don't. Because there is nothing like, being, there's nothing like serving God with a, with a spirit full of joy. Am I always joyful? I'm afraid not. I'm not. But I've got to work at actually getting my joy back again. Because things happen to us. Amen. Yes, I thank you for that agreement. You know, when two or more come to an agreement, you know, you know, this powerful stuff. Eh? But you want to be the sons and daughters of the Most High God, and we have to be led by the Spirit. Just look at the soul. The soul is our mind, our will, and the emotions. And uh, our, 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 our will part of us is that part that makes the decisions. We make a, a decision of your will. You made a decision of your will to receive Jesus. Not because you loved him, but you made a decision of your will to receive him. Love came a little bit later, as we spoke about this morning. In Genesis 2.17, God, uh, God's instruction is not to eat from that tree. Don't eat from that tree of good and evil. Because if you eat from that tree, you, you're going to die. It's going to be a, first a spiritual death, and later on it's going to be a, a, a physical death. That's in, 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 his, in, in his timing. So, uh, so when we are disobedient and we go and eat from the tree and, and eat and do things that God says do not do in his word, there's going to be consequences, and they're not good consequences. But when we are doing God's will and we're living according to God's uh, way of life as he created us uh, as humans, then there is going to be also consequences, consequence, but a good consequence. And so what we want to live for is for the good consequence. And I know that many of you are probably thinking now, I've done a couple of things here that, uh, that uh, has not borne much fruit. It's just borne more heartache than anything else. God wants to restore you. And that's the restoration that God wants to do. He wants to restore us into that place of goodness. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, it says, Choose life. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Use our will to say, Yes, Lord, I am going to choose life. I'm going to live like you want me to live, according to your word. You see, the temptation out there is to live an ungodly way because we think it brings more satisfaction. I tell you, it does not. Short term, long term, any term you want. To be obedient. Sometimes God speaks to us. When we were looking at resigning as, as pastors to, and to, to join our ministries, you know, at 58 years old, you do not resign anything. <laughs> you, do, you keep your, your secure position, you hold it, 
But God was saying to us, I said, Lord, seven years' time, 65, I will be able to serve you flat out. And God said to us, I cannot wait for your pension. And I knew God was, was speaking to us. We were at this T-junction, and, uh, and there were, like I was right in the, we were right in the front in, in, in this T-junction, and there were a lot of cars behind us. They were all hooting for us. And, and he said, you, I had to turn right or turn left. Make the choice. And so I said, what choice do I make? So I'll give you your heart's desire. What is your heart's desire? And our heart's desire was to be part of a, a ministry because this is what we love doing. We love being a restoration to people's lives. And I tell you, it was when he gave us our heart's desires, it was like everything changed. But I want to say to you, it wasn't all that easy because although I'd been a pastor for 12 years, there were still things in my life that I had to sort out. You think pastors don't have problems? We don't have past issues. I tell you, <laughs> we are like you. There's things to be sorted. And only when we got to our ministries did we realize that there's stuff that I had to sort out in my own life. And so we went through a whole bunch of stuff. Only because I was, I was, I was 40 years old when we got saved. So I had lots of baggage. And I thought I'd dealt with it, but actually, far from it. Romans, Romans 2, sorry, uh, uh, Romans 8 verse 5. And so those are living, that live according to the sinful nature have their minds sitting with what the sinful nature desire. Go and read the scripture at home. Please just go and write it down and go and read the scripture. I'm going to give you a couple more. Romans 12 verse, verse 2, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because what you, it's like a computer, what you put into your mind is what's going to come out. And if you're going to stick on that, on that phone all the time and da, da 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 what you're putting in there is what you're going to be giving out. It's going, to, it's going to limit your ability in Christ Jesus in the long term. Then you've got the emotions, that, com that computer there. It's, that, it's the, that emotions that, that give us the anger or the gives us the, the uh, yeah, those are the emotions. <laughs> so, you know what? Jesus had emotions. He, when, when, he, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. And, and he, he had this amazing compassion. He, there was an emotion inside of him. When, when, the, when, the, when the guys were selling the stuff in the, in, the, in the temple courts, he says, you den of robbers. He wasn't mad at them because they were selling the stuff. He was mad. There's a righteous anger because he was charging the people. They were charging the people too much. He spoke about robbers, not not sellers. So you're safe, bro. You know, just don't charge too much. <laughs> so, so uh, he was. He was. There was. There was a. There's stuff that Jesus showed much emotions when when Lazarus died. You know, it's like. He, he got to the place where Lazarus, Lazarus had died. A couple of days before that, he said, I, when he heard about the death, he said, well, I'm glad I'm not there. And so when he, Martha comes up and he says, Jesus, if you were here, and then Jesus wept. Why? He wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. He was, he was weeping because there was so little faith in him. 
if he was here, the one who can open the ears and let lame walk, and if he was just here, he could have done that. He could also raise the dead. It wasn't because Lazarus had died. So, in this whole spirit, soul, body, I'd like you to also read uh, Romans chapter 7 from verse 14. Yeah. If you can take that home and just read from 7, uh, from seven to 14. It's, that, it's that, that emotional stuff that Paul was struggling with. He said, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I should be doing. And, and it's like backwards and forwards within. And, you know, it was, it's a, such an amazing struggle that he was going through in his life. He said, these members of my body are rebellious. And <laughs> he was applying to it anyway. And so I just want to say, go and read that because they, we do have the struggles and God knows the struggles that we go through. But the question really is, who is leading you? Is your spirit leading you? Is your soul leading you? Or is your body leading you? All right, so here we have the spirit, soul, and body. We are, they are one, one person. They, they are one person and... Uh, they, they are supposed to be working in unison with each other. So then we've got a young man that walks past. Now, let me tell you beforehand, the soul and the body, they are fleshly. This, this is the part of us that's going to die. The spirit is the part of us that's going to go to heaven if you're, if you're, if you're a Christian. So that spirit, the spirit part of us is that part of us that's connecting to God. So our spirit inside wants to do the godly thing. But, or the body, you know what the body does, eh? <laughs> so you, when, when a young man walks past and they all look at him, these two are looking and wanting and they are saying, and the godly part of us is saying, no. Is that correct? But, the body is, is leading and the young man walks past again and you say no. This, you get what I'm saying? The spirit should be saying no. But the, but the body is saying yes, I'll go with you if you want to. And the soul is just wanting to go. Uh, and the spirit is winning. Yeah, okay. But now, but now if the spirit is in front, okay, you go in front. And the spirit, and now you come, and, and they, because you now have got control of your soul and your body. You will say, thank you, Lord, for such a good-looking young man. Okay, so which part of you is actually leading you? You see, at school, they, they would say, use your head, apply your mind. Is that correct? So we are so used over the years trying to apply the mind that we actually, and then we look at the magazines and the magazines saying to the, saying to the ladies, you've got to have this, this juice and that stuff and do whatever exercise so that your body can become acceptable to whoever walks by. The spirit part of us is that part of us who is saying, Yes, I need to look after my body. I need to look after my, my and I need to apply uh, my mind. But actually, my spirit is the part of it that connecting to God. Because the spirit 
needs to lead from the front. So the spirit speaks to the soul, which is the mind, and the, and the, and the mind tells the body, so this is the correct order that God wants us. For those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. You, you got me. It's the spirit that God is interested in. And if your spirit doesn't have control of your soul or your body, you are in trouble every time. Because every time that you see something, you see what you see is not wrong. Or what you think is not wrong. It's what you do with it that becomes wrong. Or if it becomes a godly thing, your spirit needs to be in control of the body, of the soul rather, and then the soul is the part of it that tells the body what to do. That's the right order of life. And so when we become born again, this part of us is connecting to God more closely. And the closer you walk to God, is the, is, that, is the time and the way that we need to be obedient because our spirit wants to be obedient to God. The soul and the body are worldly. They are in rebellion. In actual fact, the Bible tells us that the, 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 our, our, our soul is in conflict with the spirit. That's one of the scriptures that I, I, I missed out. But he says, they are in conflict with each other. So there is the battle that's going on inside of us. And what does God want? He wants us to master from our spirit, not from our body, and not from our soul. He wants to master. We, we've got to be in control. And who, who am I? I am Derek. But where do I live? I live in this body. Just as much as you live, who you are is not your body. Your body is what, they, what, you see, what people see. And they say, oh, I can see him. How do you know? I can see the way he's walking. You know? So we have these features that they can recognize in the outward. But actually, that's going to die one day. It's the spirit that leads. You're pretty happy about that, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so I want, to, I want to pray for us that where we've been led and we've, been allow we've allowed our body or our soul to lead, I want us to go home and just to think about, Lord, I want to be led by the Spirit. Because when we are led by the Spirit, He's going to lead us into the things of God. He's going to lead us into His ways. He's going to lead us into, into His blessing. If we're going to rely on these two other parts of us, we, we, we are going to get it right every now and again. <laughs> but we can actually, this is where he wants us to live, to be led by the Spirit.